handheld school is in session and that's who we're hanging out with uh today we got andy and pat who actually share a same last name but are not related to each other is this true not even close <laughs> i hate sure. sharing a last name with that asshole no it's awesome so <laughs> what right. happens on the hunterade colony y'all have the same last name but you don't know who each other is there you go uh yeah we're gonna hang out and play some songs uh we we i titled this episode punk rock ya hosers because we're going to uh focus i think we lost andy i don't <laughs> he's disappeared maybe he'll hop back in but that was enough for him that was enough he's like i'm done i don't want to hear my own band anymore um hopefully he hops back on here otherwise pat you're gonna have to talk for andy as to why he picked songs uh but the the idea here is to uh we're gonna talk about some of our favorite Canadian uh, punk and I guess punk adjacent bands might be uh, the best way to put it. Um, but yeah, and hoping that we get uh, we get Andy back. I'm just wondering where he went to, why he left us. He's not communicating with you right now, is he? He is. He said he got booted. Oh, I'm sure he'll be back. Okay. Well, uh, the first pick, though, I think on the list that he's going to jump back in on when he gets here 
Um, I'm just trying to see if it was you or if it was him that made the pick. No, uh, that was me. The first one on okay. the list is me. Yep, it is you. Perfect. Okay. So the first song that you picked uh, comes from the band Reset and it's the song Why. So uh, why don't you share why you picked this particular song? Well, I will say this, that this is, it's a very, the song itself is, is super special to me, but it, it goes more into sort of my, you know, truly like punk origin story of, you know, <laughs> really what opened me up to, to everything that, you know, got me so excited to want to play music. Um, you know, when I was in uh, elementary school, I kind of heard, you know, in the er- like it would have been early nineties when I was sort of in the, uh, you know, later in elementary school, I sort of heard, you know, rumblings of, of green day and offspring and, yeah. and rancid. And then when I, when I went in, went to grade nine, um, I don't even remember how it happened, but someone passed me this compilation. It was called punk uprisings. If you guys have ever seen this compilation yeah. and it's got a st- it's got a just a whole raft of bands from all over. Um, and it was one of those, you know, I had it, had the CD, had it on tape and probably listened to it more than any other compilation I've ever listened to in my life. And this song was on there. It's one of my favorites. And, you know, it wasn't until like maybe you know a year later or so that I, you know, figured out that, hey, this is a Canadian band. And, and I love these guys. Love the song. Love the melodies. Um, you know, obviously, um, Pierre and Chuck went on to do yeah. um, bigger and better things, if you want to say <laughs> that. But you could tell there's just something a little special about these guys. And then seeing them live, whenever they come through Ontario, it's just, yeah, just blown away with the yeah. musicianship for how young these guys were at the time. It was just insane right. for how good yeah. they were. Um, real quick, now that Andy is back, maybe yeah, we can he's talk. He's back. <laughs> yeah, he's back. He made it. The technical Whoa. difficulties hopefully are uh, all set aside now, but um, yeah. I, I let's talk a bit about, I guess, the new record, and then we'll get back into Reset. Um, so the new record that you guys released this year is called A Canadian Tragedy. That first song we heard, School is in Session, comes off of that record, yeah. uh, which, I mean, tell me a little bit about, I guess, I don't know who wants to take the lead on this, but tell me a little bit about the idea behind this record because obviously i guess you could say it's a concept album in the sense that uh you're dealing with all sorts of different canadian tragic stories um yeah, yeah who wants to take the lead on that one well yeah i guess i'll start with it i mean the backstory really is uh when we kind of disbanded back in 2008 i had a few different songs ideas in the bag or whatever mm-hmm. and some of them had to do with canadian kind of history or whatever right i had been yeah. doing things and and just kind of came up with some ideas one was about tom thompson who is a an artist from the group of seven and uh when we decided to get back together and start doing some kind of um you know we were going to start play a few shows again or whatever and then covid came we started writing this record um we kind of revisited some of these song ideas i had and what was kind of interesting is when I started writing these lyrics, um, they all kind of had the same kind of theme. Like, I don't know. I felt at this point in my life, my life was pretty boring. I didn't have a whole lot of stuff to write about, about myself. <laughs> so I was reading a lot and just kind of writing songs about these different, different things. And then, you know, I pitched it to the guys and they're like, okay, that's kind of a cool concept. And then another song and they're like, Oh, another song about another Canadian guy disappearing or whatever. And they're right. like, what's going on here? <laughs> And then we're like, well, why don't we just roll with it, right? And so um, the whole Canadian tragedy concept kind of just came from our experiences, especially when we were younger um, and growing up and just uh, not tragedies in the sense that everything has to be 
about a murder or what could be any kind of thing like like famous actor that died or, or whatever like it was so we just kind of said let's just try to it really helped kind of narrow the focus of the record and then uh this song actually that we just listened to school mm-hmm. in session is probably like the heaviest hitting content as yeah. far as Canadian tragedy goes like i mean it doesn't get more tragic than what happened in our country to the indigenous peoples of this mm-hmm. land so um you know, it's we're no, by no means experts on the subject, but I mean, we really felt like it was something we wanted to talk about. Um, and then, oddly enough, the song was in its demo phase. Oh, I don't know, a couple of years ago, maybe now. And then during COVID, they started finding all of these unmarked graves across Canada, and it just was like, holy crap! Like mm-hmm. it got way heavier. And we really to- toyed with the idea of, like, we definitely wanted to put it on the record because, I mean, even though we're five white dudes in a band you know, in our mid forties, it still is very important that people know about what's happening and what has happened in the past and, and, and what are we doing about it? Right. Um, so we decided to definitely keep it on the record, but, um, we toyed around with maybe highlighting it a bit more when that stuff happened. And we just thought, you know what, maybe not, I don't know, like we wanted to say something about it, but maybe not be the authority on it. Right. So we just let the song speak for itself. Yeah. Yeah. So with, I guess the stories that you decided to cover, it's interesting with the record because some of them are like you mentioned school is in session being, you know, kind of very uh, heavy uh, in, in its lyrical content. And I mean, when you're dealing with tragedies and deaths across all of the different songs, that's obviously a recurring theme, but at the same point, some of them definitely feel a lot more uh, celebratory or what it like. We'll, we'll get into like, yeah, the John Candy song and stuff like that. Right. Where it's like, Oh yeah. It's not, you know, Obviously, it's you know with with the well, I don't want to talk too much about Candy Lane because we're going to talk about it sure, in, no in a little bit. But I do like how you were able to kind of take this concept over the course of a record and not just make it feel like you're constantly being beat over the head with just like one yeah. thing after the other. So sure, yeah, totally. And I mean, it, it's not all about sadness. You're right; it's yeah, about yeah. a lot of just Canadian content. And I mean, we also kind of had this little like you know, handheld to Canadian tragedy. Like it's almost like we did all this stuff back in the day and never made really anything of it. And it was kind yeah. of like a tragic thing. So it's kind of like that double. Yeah. 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 It's funny yeah. to say concept album because it was not, it was never an intention to write a concept album. It was just like, yeah. it was like eight songs into it. We're like, wow, this is a concept album. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much what happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So Aaron, you actually picked that song. Was there a reason in particular that one jumped out to you? Yeah, this is, I mean, topic-wise, the one, I, don't, I wouldn't say I'm very well-versed in Canadian history or stories, um, but this one, like, I, I work with an organization that works with primarily Indigenous youth, and uh, and I live in a city that has a very high population of Indigenous people, and so um, you still see the, re- the repercussions of residential schools, you know, even in, you know, teenagers who are, you know, maybe one or two generations, mm-hmm. you know, removed, so to speak, but they're still feeling that that ripple effect of it. And so, yeah, I just thought it was a, a really great topic to to sing about. And um, yeah, especially like you said, like it, it's hard to, um, you know, feel like an expert when you're of a different culture or race. Um, but I think it's, it's, it's still good to, to use our voices and to stand up for, for people, obviously. And, um, you know, maybe to have a different, uh, view on, on topics that maybe aren't as kind of close to us, but are still prevalent in our communities and society. And so, 
yeah, really. I mean, I, I love the song musically as well, but lyrically for sure, just um, yeah, was, felt special. Yeah. Cool. So let's uh, we started off pretty heavy. Let's get into uh, yeah. Let's let's listen to some music, um, maybe for fun. Is that fair to say? <laughs> like, yeah, I absolutely. Love hey. listening to. It. I love diving yeah, I love- into the lyrics, but uh, yeah, let's. Uh, so, uh, Pat, you briefly or you you shared why you picked this song. So let's just listen to it and then we'll get into it. Uh, this is reset with why. Since you were born, you watch TV cartoons with violence and greed in your world. All that was okay. Your parents never taught you right from wrong, brother. Taught you to fight. Now it's time to show them what you got. Gotta show them what you got. Your attitude of fancy car and your buddies got your back. record takes me takes me back i didn't know about that band until well after those simple plan was established and okay, you know, okay. a band that people yeah. knew. and i i think like the first time i heard about them um i think i was watching an mxpx like vhs or whatever and mike nice. the singer was wearing a shirt that said reset and uh yeah and so i was like oh, who's that sick. yeah and i dig in i'm like oh wait these are the guys from simple plan so then in my uh you know I guess my snottiness of my youth. I was at Warp Tour one year, and Simple Plan was playing, <laughs> and I passed Pierre like in like the merch area. And I said <laughs> to him, and I stopped to talk to him, and I said the first thing I said to him was, "Hey, whatever happened to that band you used to be in called Reset? I actually liked those guys." <laughs> so like I you said that, that to him. I said that to him, but he's just like, "Oh well, you know." <laughs> just wanted to do something different i like look back on that now as an adult and i was like man what an ass like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
too yeah. funny. Well, it's funny. It says but 2006 man. on on yeah. your playlist here, but it yeah. came out way before. No, no, no. It's, sure. Yeah, yeah. It was not like it was recorded in '95. Came out in '96. Yeah, yeah. And that know. would have been the year it was on this punk uprising. Actually, before the record came out. Yeah. But I mean, if you listen to that, like you know, that's way before like auto tune. Like their harmonies were just. I don't know. To me, they were out of control. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was like fast punk rock with like these amazing harmonies. Yeah, I was just totally into it. And then all these um, songs I picked on my list here were all bands we played with. So we played with them in 2000. Oh, nice. And they're yeah. like, you know, the nicest French Canadians you could ever meet. So, yeah. you know, that I always find that, you know, it takes a band to another tier, right? Yeah. Um, and they're that, that's super awesome. nice guys. So, yeah. Aaron, were you cool. ever into Reset? Oh, yeah. I had, uh, I bought this. So I'm not sure what art you have here. Like yeah. I have one that has like a blue cover. Yeah, like that's what I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that, like, this this one is like the reprint after Simple Plan was big. They're trying to like you know yeah put it out uh, again. No, the the actual one almost looks like uh like a flame or something. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember um, buying it from HMV. I don't know why. I mean, it might have been an MXPX connection too. But I remember listening to it and I was like, oh, this is awesome. And I, I still have that CD. I love this album yeah it's fantastic nice uh, yeah so the next pick andy uh it's your first pick and uh t- t- speaking of bands that aren't afraid to deal with heavy lyrical content yeah uh you probably went with who some would argue is like easily the the greatest canadian punk band of all time uh with propaganda so tell me a little bit about why you uh picked a speculative fiction well i thought it was interesting just the topic of, of canadian content but also in the spirit of writing about Canadian lyrics and stuff as well. Right. Like yeah. I, as a, as a singer and a songwriter, I really like lyrics and, and delving into that kind of next layer of songs. And so this song Propagandi is like mind boggling. Like, I mean, it's whatever, it's a pretty long song, but uh, <laughs> the whole concept of them, of, of, you know, Canada and the U S kind of like going to war and yeah. us not giving up. And even though we're this tiny little, you know, hat of the U S still digging our heels in and saying, fuck you. We're never going to give up. And, um, just really like it. I mean, it's an amazing song. And I also kind of picked it because they recently toured through here and, um, I had never, I haven't seen prop in a while. I missed them the last few times they came through and I really wanted to see the song. Yeah. Uh, and they didn't play it. And I was like, <laughs> come on. Come on. So yeah. I figured, oh, whatever, you know? Um, but yeah, wicked tune. Um, yeah, propaganda has got, you know, I mean, they have a pretty long history in Canada as well. Mm-hmm. Like they mm-hmm. played back when we were getting up, getting started as well. And uh, one of the biggest shows at one of the venues we used to play with or play at was with propaganda. And they had like 700 people in a 300 capacity venue and it was off the charts. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, amazing song. Good, good band. Love yeah. it. All right. Well, let's listen to it. Propaganda is speculative fiction.
song so um you were talking earlier andy about you know writing about canada and history in canada and all this stuff and so like obviously one of the uh songwriters that jumps out to me about that like in, in that regard uh would be gord downey and at the beginning of this song at the beginning of a speculative fiction that little guitar riff that gets played just that down down reminds oh, yeah. me like I, I, yeah off the top of my head i can't pinpoint no, which I know, tragically as soon as you just did that with your mouth i'm like yeah. oh yeah i know exactly what hip song you're talking also about. strangely enough so like because speculative fiction opens up potemkin city limits is that right 
Like That's right. Track. And so then the closing track on, uh, on, oh, what was it? Today's Empire's Tomorrow Ashes, Tomorrow's Ashes ends with a very similar riff. And for years, I was always like, what is up with that? And so, um, I've, it, anyways, anytime I hear it, it reminds me of, of the tragically ah, hip. So, cool, uh, speaking of writing about Canadian history, also the I'm way gonna... that he sings the word stupid in that song. Yeah, I know. Gets me that. every time. <laughs> so the much other thing snot. that I should say about that song is Pat and I, when they came to, we saw them in Guelph and we were like right up at the front, in front yeah. of Sula and she can just wail. But I mean, it was just really awesome to be right up there you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. even though we're getting old whatever screw it we were like right up at the front <laughs> it was very awesome that is awesome yeah such a such a banger of a song um also yeah. the, the line about laser pucks is great too oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i'll never actually, forget the laser puck never never um propaganda is actually playing so i'm in edmonton they're playing here this weekend oh uh, nice. that's right yeah i won't be at the show because i was like I don't know if I can afford a full weekend and that much money, but anyways, there's, um, there's a show happening on Friday night that's going on. So obviously by the time this comes out, this will have happened, but, uh, they haven't announced the lineup that's playing, uh, but it's all bands from super friendly fest, which is what's happening this weekend. So I'm curious to see who yeah. actually plays this kind of like pre-show thing, this secretive thing that they did. So I'm like, I'm in, I was like, I'll, 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 you know, take a chance on 20 bucks to go see potentially some, some sick bands, but um, nice. Oh. Yeah, should we get awesome. into the next one? This, Do it. Sure. This next song. I, so I had originally picked a different song by Monine, um, but it's not on Spotify, so I, I changed it. But uh, this yeah. particular one I picked because there's two reasons. Uh, well, actually, I picked it all for for Aaron. Um, well, because... it has a lost reference. So yes, has some saving grace in my books. <laughs> yes, I was gonna say we had a discussion. It was about a different band, and uh, they had there was a line that they sang in it uh, and, and Aaron brought up John Locke for Blost or whatever. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, Oh yes, there's a Monine song. Also, I picked it because Aaron hates Monine. So oh. <laughs> like, at least he can like this. And uh, it's also Brian McTurnan produced. So I know he likes Brian McTurnan's work. So I, I did my best to like Thank make you. it something that he could get into, but yeah, Perfect. this is you got a lot. Oh man, this is, and also I picked it because it's one of, if not their shortest songs. Uh, this is Monine, <laughs> Don't Ever Tell Locke What He Can't Do.
So that's that song. I just realized I totally have like a misheard lyric, even though when I think about the lyric that I've always sung and heard in my head, it's like just not a lyric that would exist. But in it, he says, sign on and throw it back against the wall. I always thought he said sayonara. I don't know why. Uh, but like, I was like, it doesn't make sense. Um, but yeah, Monine. Um, any Monine fans in the room? Oh, yeah. yeah well, we have a bunch of hilarious Monine stories. So let's, let's hear a couple of them. Oh, we got so many good ones. Should <laughs> okay, we start at the beginning? Well, I go with the first one. So we met Kenny at a show in Burlington, Ontario, mm-hmm. when Grade was playing, which is very interesting, I thought, with your picks because. Yeah you picked all those bands and yeah. it's like it threw me back into this like time warp of what it was like back in that early 2000s area when these bands were kind of playing and we met kenny and monine were not playing at that show but kenny was selling small man record stuff okay and at the time we had played with choke a couple times and we loved them mm-hmm. and we saw him with the choke record and we're like oh my god we love this band and he's like oh you've heard of choke anyway and we had this hilarious conversation about it uh but then we ended up playing with them a couple times and i guess like most people of the of that era uh were blown away to see a band that didn't really play heavy fast loud punk rock yeah, yeah. go absolutely ape shit yes and like it was just like mind-boggling to watch these guys play yeah and so i mean that's my recollection of monine um yeah from back in that early 2000s yeah <laughs> the one you missed though very very uh like this shows you how far back we go with Bodine. they had a, a very early ep um on small man that they came yeah. before any full length that was the and smaller, doing smaller, smaller chairs, chairs. yeah yep. mm-hmm. smaller chairs one and uh we had a show booked with them with uh a band called another joe remember them okay yeah. and yeah and anyway so and some local bands uh, one of the bands was the singer that's now in the Cancer Bats. Like this is this is going way back. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, Liam. And Monine was on the bill, and then they're like, "Oh yeah," like they couldn't get their dad's car or something, so they just didn't play. <laughs> but they're but they're on the bill, and we have the flyer to stay. Yeah. And yeah. Really. Yeah. Too funny. A lot. Long. Long story short, that the newest member in our band, Joel, that was like his first show. Okay. And he remembers it to this day. Like he came to see Monine and That's they didn't amazing. play. <laughs> yeah. Spe- awesome. Speaking of seeing them live, like I've seen them, I don't know how many times live, but the last time I saw them, they actually opened for, this is such a weird experience. They opened for dashboard confessional, which isn't like crazy. I think actually Kenny was playing He's with dashboard. Playing with them now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this show was weird because it was at the Calgary stampede on the Coca-Cola stage. So it was huh. just like this weird environment but we drove down from edmonton to go to it because i hadn't seen monine in i don't know how long and uh we go and i was still just as blown away you know even if it had been let's say 10 probably more probably closer to 15 years since i'd seen them or whatever at this time wow and there was a bit in the set where kenny came down off the stage i'm sure it was in passing of america because i feel like that's where all the craziness yeah. would come out. <laughs> oh yeah but he sure. like i used to i don't have the video anymore it might be like on my instagram or something but he got the whole like the crowd to split and take sides so there's like a an opening down the middle and he ran down the middle like he'd taken his guitar off and whatever he jumped off the stage ran <laughs> down the middle and just did a front flip and then went back up on the stage like just like all right uh, that was cool i guess like we're doing this yeah but, yeah, yeah he was nuts yeah man. yeah one last quick one is uh yeah. they went on one of the small man tours i remember they all came through and moaning was kind of the new small man band but was opening for choke and i think there was another band on the bill i can't remember who it was. Plan. oh yeah, yeah from like, okay. and then yeah. at the end of the set all like they 
they didn't play Passing America in their first set, right? Or in their set. Yeah. And then they came all at the end and they all played it. And like, I remember the dudes from Choke got up there and played, like everybody was playing it. Like yeah. they like, formed yeah. like a three band, like a super, super band. band. Yeah. It was so and they fun. all, and of course they all tried to like emote Kenny's like craziness and like, yeah. just like Man, and- so many memories. Cause now you reminded me, they, they played a show, uh, where they did that and in the middle of the song they broke into i believe in a thing called love by the darkness <laughs> and it was just this like we and it was like the full they were, they were playing pla- passing of america and then they break into i believe in a thing called love and like the whole song to the point where you kind of forget what they were doing and then all of a sudden it's <laughs> boom comes back to passing yeah they like go back into it and then everyone's dogpiling and it's like it's crazy but uh aaron you got any crazy uh favorite monine stories you want to share <laughs> uh, my band played with them twice and i probably refused to watch them both times <laughs> uh, the, the first wow. time the, the first time the one of the guys in my band was like legit mad at me for not liking them <laughs> i was like why do you care like go ahead and yeah, uh, yeah. No, no they're they're an awesome band i just i didn't have an appreciation for that style of music back then and um yeah like it's it's not like i hate is too strong of a word i just didn't appreciate it it's kind of funny you say that because i mean our band was very much into like that fast double time skate punk kind of stuff yeah and the next few bands that you had mentioned like grade and monine like really altered the ontario scene as to what was happening and grade was a big one and i know we're going to get to that so we can talk about down the line with that but i mean really changed a lot of bands that were punk bands changed like Silverstein used to be Jerk Circus and like all right. of these bands that ended up doing really well started in the punk roots and then moved into like the emo screamo. Yeah. And go on from there. So anyway. sweet. All right, Aaron, you finally, well, I guess you got technically the very first pick, but uh, your pick is up next, which I teased it a little bit by accidentally playing the beginning. Yeah. Of it. A little bit of the intro. Love yeah. that. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say that was the world just moving us on from Monine being like, okay, let's, <laughs> let's get to Aaron's ready to move on. Yeah. Let's get to some punk, but yeah, I mean, this, this song isn't super punk, but Gob was one of those bands that I came across like kind of on one of their earlier albums when it wasn't that great, but I was young and didn't have access to a lot of stuff. And so I was like, Oh, this is awesome. You know, kind of goofy. And then How Far Shallow Takes You came out, which was a huge step up. Loved that album. And then this one, like I was really anticipating. And uh, yeah, I was, I love the the kind of progression this album brought. Like it's still a punk album, but it definitely has a bit more of a straightforward um, um, kind of punk rock sound versus maybe more skate punk. But the songs are super catchy. This uh, this song was all over much music. Um, so yeah. uh, there's the first mention of much music for Canadian. Um, yeah. And so it was kind of cool just seeing a band on TV a bit more. And um, yeah, I've loved them. I unfortunately didn't get to see them until kind of almost past their prime, I'd say. So it was at this kind of douchey bar in Regina and it just kind of killed the vibe a bit for me, but at least I did get to see them. <laughs> um, yeah. I still love going back to this album. It's full of great songs and um, yeah, we got to have Theo on the podcast uh, once and this was cool chatting with him, but yeah, nice. this is uh gob's album, the world according to gob and the song I hear you calling.
also we lost Aaron. <laughs> I don't know what his song plays and he leaves. Uh, he's like, I'm out of here. He's, I'm out. <laughs> uh, I'm sure he'll pop back in. I was going to say two, I guess, maybe things about that song. Oh, here, let me let him back in first. I don't know why people are dropping off like flies today, but um, oh, here he's coming back. I'll wait till he gets in so I can share my thoughts. Are you there, Aaron? Yeah, what happened? He's back. There? I don't know, man. Yeah. You decided to leave us. I was going to say com- two th- your computer shut down. It just all of a sudden the screen went black and then that was it. Well, I'm glad you're glad you're back. I but guess. now the um, volume is like crazy loud. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So I was going to say about about that record. To me, that's Gob like doing Jawbreaker, um, which. I absolutely love like it it reminds me so much of Dear You by Jawbreaker which is great. Mm. Also talk about a band kind of taking a chance that's like let's write a song where the chorus is the most mellow part of the song until yeah. the end of it, right? Like usually that's when you want to bring everything up and come back, you know, come in and they're like no 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 no. We're going to take it down to a palm mute and then eventually we're actually just going to take it down to you know, like just the bass and the bass, I think was even being palm muted. If I remember, like it's just totally brought down before obviously the big close, but um, yeah, man, that, that record, I saw gob touring that record. And uh, I was in a high school band at the time. And we're like, this is our chance. We should see if we can meet someone in gob and give them our demo tape that we recorded Ah. in the basement. But there was one problem. We couldn't agree on a name because we had a name and then decided to change it. And we couldn't agree on one. So we're like sitting around. We're like, we need a name on this tape. We're like looking around the room and uh, the drum, our drummer at the time, he had this like, you know, those, um, the monkeys with like the symbols or whatever is like a toy. Oh yeah. yeah. This one was like one that sat on a tricycle and rode around and clanged the symbols or whatever. But on the box, it just said monkey on tricycle. So we're like, let's go with monkey on tricycle. <laughs> so we hand this to, we actually end up meeting Tom from Gob and we hand the tape to him and he's like looking at it. He's like monkey on tricycle. It's a great name. <laughs> That's how we got from it. it. It wasn't a name that stuck with us because we were like, it's actually a dumb name, but <laughs> that's funny he's in a band called gob but uh yeah they're they i was we were texting a little bit back and forth and i was saying like recommending you know kind of those iconic or um that's not the right word but of like all-time canadian punk songs or whatever and the one that i had in mind was actually soda by gob because i feel oh, like yeah, yeah. Song was out everybody who was into punk knew that song right but i feel like that was the gateway gob song for sure 100 percent yeah. Well, I, I found it was a very interesting, like, looking at that song, Soda versus, like, I hear you call them, like, very yeah. different, right? I oh, remember yeah. them, right, riding the BMXs with their big Mohawks, and I was like, yeah. wow, this is hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know why. I like that tune, but I hate songs that say baby, and I don't know why. <laughs> so I remember the first time I heard that song, when it was probably, like, in the Much Music days, and I'm like, yeah. okay, new Gob song. And the first line, it says, like, I see you now about the fourth time baby. And I was like, baby? What's going on? I don't know why. They're throwing out babies here? Never really sat well with me. It just sounds so like mainstream. I don't know. Yeah, it is like your classic beat, like you know, all those old 50s and 60s songs. You don't know what to write about. You just say baby in every song. It was just it's funny though, because like I was looking at the lyrics to this song. I don't know if I've ever actually looked at the lyrics before, uh, but as we were listening to it, and I was like, 
man, there's parts of it too that remind me straight up of like Weezer lyrics. Some sure. like Rivers Cuomo, like there's a line in there that he says, I've been around about your hood. I'm like, who says that besides <laughs> besides uh, Rivers yeah. Cuomo in my mind? Yeah, like, yeah. That's yeah. really funny. It is a great song though. Like um, it is a good it's song. a great song. And like that, that little breakdown part, like I, I don't think I'd ever heard Tom's voice like that at the time. Yeah. It's like, wow, sounds yeah. amazing. Well, and I feel like that's what kind of set that record apart from the previous stuff. Maybe the one before had a little bit, but like World or uh, what was the one before? How far no, shallow no. takes you? How far How shallow, shallow takes you? Uh, yeah. But I felt like Tom was singing way more at this yeah, point in, in I my think, mind. But yeah, I agree. Yeah. I was almost against it at the time because I was a big Theo guy. Like, yeah. Oh, it's got <laughs> more Theo songs. Theo's yeah. the punk rock. Like, Let's go. Yeah. And he'd always do that face. Like, yeah, do the yeah. face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Theo face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. So then, yeah, there's a lot of Tom songs. I wasn't into it, but now I am. There you go. That's fair. Okay, let's get into the next one, which is a band uh, we've brought up uh, a few, well, at least once on the show. But uh, Andy, was this your pick or was it? This was my Pat pick. pick. Pat's pick. Okay, so yeah. Choke, uh, the song Perfect Plastic. But tell me a little bit. Tell us a bit by why you picked this one. Do you want me to set up? Okay, well, first off, I got to say, like, if we're picking like all time Canadian mm-hmm. bands, this is my all time Canadian band, but my all time sort of favorite band. Like, okay. This is the band that that changed everything for me, opened everything up that like everything about this band is kind of everything I'm into. Just the musicianship, you know, the, the lyrics are like totally out there and abstract. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like the, 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 it's like every single musician in this band is just going insane at different parts. And I think this album kind of they're on this trajectory of like writing crazy tunes mm-hmm. and this album, they just like went almost like too crazy and they self-admitted it and then they kind of like pulled it back mm, you know right. from all the albums since so this was kind of like as crazy as they got so just in terms of like stops and time signatures and just yeah. mutes and everything so anyways yeah it's a cool song it's a there's a running theme with like this whole album and even with the next song i picked where it's you know big focus on you know the problems with consumer capitalism and you know <laughs> greed you and you know good good, good sort of focus on punk rock song but yeah uh, yeah it's an awesome song i probably i handheld's probably played with choke but like 10 times probably seen nice. them 20 i feel like so yeah. yeah yeah love this band love this song cool so it's choke perfect plastic <laughs> Perfect. 
choke is always one of those bands that reminds me of like those 90s emo post hardcore bands i loved like you know small brown bike and yeah uh, braid stuff like that except on speed <laughs> like they're <laughs> totally. doing all, all of those things but just like full speed ahead um which is which is great they're they're I, another another band playing this weekend that i uh i'm hoping is actually playing the the surprise show on friday night because i've never actually uh, seen them live great. yeah yeah that's why uh, i love choke i i share the same sentiments as pat at least from watching choke i will say the one thing i don't like about choke is that they almost infected our band like <laughs> in our earlier songs we would write kind of simple easy fun to sing along punk rock songs and all of a sudden yeah. we saw this band and we're like we gotta do more we gotta try yeah. harder. And, and all of a sudden or like we gotta play faster but like if you can't do it it's it's like much right. harder right so our songwriting really I, I don't know, Pat, if you'd agree or not, but I think our songwriting changed focus um, during that kind of timeline in, in, in our band. Totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. So yeah what I will say is, yeah, if you haven't seen them in a while, it's interesting. Like the new lineup is, uh, well, at least what they're playing with right now is, um, like Stefan hasn't played on the drums in a long time with them. So they've, they've got uh, Graham, formerly of Belvedere. So it's a really, mm. really awesome lineup because you're kind of like, wow, how could they replace anyone? With Stefan and they and they got Graham, who's like obviously an insane drummer. So yeah, but uh, hopefully, hopefully you, you get right? to see them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got some health issues right now or whatever. But um, so, so it's Sean it, and uh, it's yeah, Sean and Clay and, Clay, and Graham yeah. and then cool. yeah, you got right on. Okay, so unless Aaron, did you have any thoughts on Choke? <laughs> they were another one of those bands that I struggled to get into um, because they most... toured with Monine a lot. Well, yeah. no, they, okay. they were. A they great had line. Monine next. Yeah. Aaron does not like small man. Right <laughs> yeah, I, I did like small man. I think for me, like what for fast punk, like I wanted hooks and mm-hmm. like yeah. melody, and for me, for them, it was just like too spazzy. It was like spazzy skate punk, but yeah, kind of yeah. emo spazzy skate punk, and it just yeah, I can't. Good description. Wasn't for me. I I couldn't appreciate it for what it was. But super talented band. I saw them. I've probably seen them four or five times because there was a while there they were like opening lots of like bigger tours and um, so great live band. But not That's... one that I've ever really put a CD on. Listen to the whole thing. Yeah, I did have tickets to see them live because I had tickets for Propaganda when they were supposed to come here, and then that show got postponed and then eventually canceled. Uh, so I never ended up seeing. It. So I'm hoping, yeah, maybe this, maybe this weekend I'll get lucky. Um, but Andy, your song, I believe you, the next pick is yours with Mute and Bates yeah. Motel. Tell tell us why you love this song or why you picked it. Well, so we just finished a little tour in Ontario where Mute was supposed to headline, and I don't, you guys probably are aware that they they ran some van issues and weren't able to make it. So unfortunately mm. they didn't uh, um, come on that little stint with us, but we still, um, you know, talk to them. Pat's really good friends with the 10 the drummer. And we are doing some shows probably in December with them out in Quebec way. Um, I was really stoked to see them because I had not seen mute in a long time. We play with them. Pat, do you remember Pat's like a, he's got all the data. We played with them back in like 2005, maybe. It was pre-Bates Motel, right? Or pre-Thunderblast, right, Pat? That is right. We played with yeah. them 2004 and then 2000. A couple okay. times in 2004. And so the thing with them is, I mean, you know, French band, 
um, awesome songs. I would say lyrically, it's it's not as I don't get into it as much, um, but that's just their style. But I mean, their harmonies are amazing, and their guitarists just wail, right? And so I never actually got to see them play the Bates Motel from Thunderblast, nor any of that record. Mm -hmm. uh, and so when we were going to redo this tour with them, they were going to basically play that record start uh, or front to back. Yeah. And so this is the first song on the record, and it's just a great, great song. Really rips. Harmony's awesome, and the guitar, like the solo work, is is out of, out of control. So. So it's Mute and Bates Motel.
is like one of those bands that I think I was always aware of, but never actually listened to them. Uh, but listening to that song right there, there's like a, a tappy guitar part that happens. I want to say, I don't know if it's the second verse where kind yeah. of everything cuts out around it. And all of a sudden I'm just like, dang, this is awesome. So I'm definitely going to have to uh, give so a good. more of a listen. Yeah. 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 So we, uh, we, we have the show booked with them. Uh, we're doing a couple dates with them, but the, where they're doing like that whole album we just listened to front mm-hmm. to back. So it'll be December 17th. Come on out, Quebec city. Yeah. It'd be a good time, but we've got yeah, a ton of good mute stories. Like probably one of the funniest ones we have is, uh, during that era, I was like, I was in university at the time and they, they were on tour in Ontario. We played a bunch of shows and then I think they played Guelph. So I was, I was at school in Guelph and, uh, and they played and, you know, it was classic, like student house living. I, I, I lived with a roommate. We, we had like a, a whole house and it was like myself, my roommate. And then we had two girls uh, as well that were our roommates. And, uh, and however it worked, it was just the girls were on the bottom floor and we were on the top floor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then the, the mute was like, oh, we need a place to stay. I'm like, oh yeah, come to my place. No problem. And I was like, you know, <laughs> as it is after shows, like pretty late night. And yeah. then uh, I'm like, yeah, yeah, just sleep on the main floor. No problem. And then, so sure enough, it's like my roommates get up in the morning and they're all kind of like, freaking out they're like what they're like there's seven french men in our house what is going on here like, you know we're of course like sleeping till noon at the time and it's yeah, just, yeah yeah it's this really funny experience where they just wake up to a whole bunch of random uh <laughs> french people just like passed out all over the floor that's so, amazing good guys <laughs> good guys uh, there was like shrieks yeah <laughs> you were awake then um yeah yeah aaron were you ever into mute Oh yeah, love them. Oh, this yeah. album is so good. Uh, uh, what's the sec- the one after this one? I love um, a lot too. Yeah, great. I'm glad this band got picked because I kind of forgot about them. And when I saw it, I was like, "Oh yeah," I would have been sad to not mention them. Which yeah, is- Wolf's Den is the second song, which is an awesome song. Which That's I was going to say, Aaron kind of made a, a a great point is that obviously there's so many bands that we are not going to just be able to sure. cover. Uh, like it was. When we, when we came up with the idea for this episode, so it was kind of just based on the fact that, you know, you're uh, the new record that you guys put out being called the Canadian tragedy is like, well, let's focus on Canadian music. This makes sense. Um, and then it just kind of grew into this thing where we were all picking, picking songs. And there's so many great Canadian bands over the years that, you know, won't actually really get a mentioned on this episode, but uh, yeah, no, that's, that's right. I, I, the one thing I, I love probably most about doing this podcast has been like discovering not just like new music, you know, that's coming out, you know, um, recently or whatever, or coming out in the future, but, but even like bands that I get to go back and get a shot, you know, listening to that. I just, you know, for whatever reason, didn't over the years, because interviewing different artists, they suggest, you know, bands here and there and everywhere. So, uh, this one, when I was, when I was listening to the playlist, uh, over the last couple of days, this song in particular kind of jumped out because I didn't know it, you know, before hitting play that first time. So I'm like, that's pretty awesome. But uh, I'm I'm definitely gonna have to give the give the album a listen. But um, the next song we've actually this one you were mentioning a little bit earlier. It's one of my picks, but you brought the band up a couple times. Uh, that yeah. being great. Oh, yeah. yeah, this this song for me, uh, I don't remember. Maybe it was, it must have been the gob. I hear you calling song uh, yeah because we were talking about much music and uh, i was thinking oh man how many of these songs have i like you know seen a music video for and this was definitely one 
where you know i saw it on i guess it would have been on the wedge would be oh, my yeah. guess yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. um wow. just, i remember you know every i think that show was that show on friday nights i think yeah yeah friday night. was that, yeah. yeah and like i would watch and you know for like this video from the first time i saw it i was always like that song and there's like a matt good song where he like plays in like a very similar riff to like the lead i guess riff in this song where every time i hear the matthew good song i'm like no i just want to hear grade like i don't know you know how <laughs> similar they are it's just this like in my brain sort of thing but uh they're a band this record under the radar that from the moment i had it like i listened to it so many times but also a band that i didn't really follow outside of this record you mm. know um but whatever it's still a great one and uh this song is still one that i'll will end up on random playlists here and there that i put together but uh yeah so the band is great and the song is a year in the past forever in the future
Yeah, just such a great song. And I, <laughs> I was able to figure out which Matt Good song it was. Listen to this. Oh, yeah! yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it goes, kind of got the syncopated. Yeah, iron. and then yeah, yeah. it even does the da na na But they both came out in 1999, <laughs> so I don't know who wrote it first. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Uh, it's funny, while we were listening to that song, I went back and found the video because I forgot oh, the yeah. music video for that. Yeah. And I kind of laughed just because it's, I mean, they're just sitting in a room. They're all wearing giant clothes for the most part. Except <laughs> Kyle had like, and the guy always had style, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, <laughs> I for sure like tried to model like my hairstyle after, um, I don't know the lead singer's name, but after his hairstyle in the video with the Kyle, yeah. With, yeah. Kyle with the sideburns and stuff. And he also, I think <laughs> if I recall, and you could confirm or deny this, I guess, since you found it, is he holding like one of those like old school sure microphones or he's that... holding an older looking mic, but it's not the one that's on the cover of the record. Right. Okay. Wasn't there some kind of story about they had to buy that mic for the recording or something like that. And so oh, they were funny. like, well, we paid this money for this mic. Let's just throw it on the record. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Oddly enough, like watching that video, it reminded me exactly of your other pick that you did earlier about Monine, the Broken yeah. Legs. I forget their song titles are so long. Oh, but, that one's a full sentence, yeah. But they had a video for that too. And the only place I could find it to listen to it was on YouTube. Yeah. And uh, it was the same kind of thing. Like, I don't know. The videos just didn't have like much to them, right? It was yeah, just kind just- of like... Just okay, we're gonna be in a room. Okay, you're doing yep. laundry now. We're gonna film that. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I wonder if they like storyboarded it or if they're just like, I don't know. I know what to do with the camera. He's just gonna pull it. So, <laughs> Let's just go, go play. Yeah. Like those are some of my favorite though music videos, I think, where it's just totally. a band set up, especially if it's like their practice space, and you kind of get that that glimpse inside of you sure. know the the pulling the curtain back a little bit. But yeah. um, yeah, that song is it's stuck with me for forever from the moment i heard it and yeah every time i hear that matt good song i'm like no play the song i want to hear don't don't get me don't get my hopes up like that but um yeah that's uh it's a great one do you have any grade stories <laughs> oh we got we do we all oh, every one of these bands we have a story any canadian band we've been around so okay i got a really good one so this is of the era and i know you guys will be able to re- relate to this you know when you're younger right and you hear mm-hmm. a band and you're like oh i love this band you know, I have the cd I don't know. For some reason, like before I really started going to shows, I didn't quite grasp it. Like I would think every band was playing like to tens of thousands of people. Right. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm like, yeah, Oh yeah. man, I can't wait to see this band. Yeah. It's, they're going to be at the amphitheater or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So I remember uh, we like grabbed a crew and like, we literally went to the CD release of under the radar. Nice. You remember this, Andy? That was the one in Burlington, right? Yeah. And I grabbed all the crew and we're like, I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, Oh, it's gotta be at some huge venue, but no, it's at like the legendary pine room venue in Burlington. It's just a small, like kind of like Legion community hall kind of place. And they put, and they played on the floor. And I just remember just thinking like, this is insane. I'm like, grades playing on the floor. Like (laughs) they should be playing their Canada center. Like, yeah, it's just so funny when you're young, you just don't, didn't quite get it. But, uh, but yeah, even just seeing them that first time playing that um, was amazing. Now, one little, little trivia fact here is I never got to see them in this original lineup with Greg, which is like, to me, the quintessential grade sound, right? You have mm-hmm. Greg and Kyle sort of like bouncing the vocals out. Right. And, uh, and then Greg really like left right as this album dropped. Well, they and had a lot of full, full time with Jersey, right? Yeah. My recollection was, and I, yeah, by the way, you mentioned Jersey and, and the drummer's wearing a Jersey shirt in the video. 
Okay, <laughs> is he really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all real callback. But they had a lot of turnover, <laughs> if I recall. Like, we played with them a handful of oh, times. Yeah. And I just felt like every time we played with them, it was kind of a different band. Um, yeah. 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 Good, good songwriting. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. definitely. I mentioned it earlier in the, in this recording. Like, uh, it definitely changed. The, the the direction that bands were going in Ontario at the time they yeah, were very yeah. on on top. Well, of I mean, that. yeah, it was it was the you know emergence of like scene culture, right? like the mid two thousands, yeah, later two thousands oh, yeah. emo didn't want to be called emo kind yeah, of scene yeah. sound. But what's interesting to me is like they're one of those bands. I actually never got to see them live. There was they played oh, really good. Yeah, they played. um I remember they, so I grew up going to shows in Calgary and they played a show in Calgary and it was like, it happened to be like a Tuesday night or something. And I lived, you know, <laughs> 45 minutes away, couldn't find a ride. So I, that was like the one time where I was, and I was, I just remember being so angry, but, um, that I missed it. But on the, on the other hand, I was going to say they're a band where in kind of like recent years, whether it's like reading, you know, books about the history of say like post hardcore as it's kind of evolved over the years or listening to podcast interviews and stuff. They're this band that routinely comes up as like influencing. Absolutely. You know, like me being, you know, especially being on the other side of the country from them, not really knowing what's going on in their world. All of a sudden to hear these bands that I grew up going like, Oh, that band was awesome. That going like, Oh yeah. Grade was this band that influenced us that always kind of blew my mind a little bit maybe because i always assumed like hey they're a canadian band and that that's it you know like they they toured canada and that's all that you know because you didn't see much of uh you know back in the day before the internet was a massive thing right like to be able to see like oh they're touring all over the place but yeah i think you can try to track it back and there's some argument about this but like if you think about like traditional hardcore and then like you know emo punk singing like yeah. They were really one of the first to do one singer that screamed and sang. Right. Like it, there wasn't a lot before Kyle doing that to the way yeah, he yeah. did it, you yeah. know, that really caught on. So, so that was, yeah, that was so influential for yeah, I mean, so I, many I, bands. I earlier jerk circus and like Shane from Silverstein, how I'm sure that was a huge influence on him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cause we used to play with his band jerk circus, which was more of a fast skate punk type band. Yeah. Yeah. And then they, did Silverstein got to victory records and then just exploded and are still yeah. playing to like, yeah. So Pat, yeah. they're playing to like, you know, in amphitheaters. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> they're doing I don't it. think Shane's playing but in my, the, in my head. Grades should have been. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the next yeah. pick is easily, I'm going to say the biggest song on our list. <laughs> Aaron picks someone had to pick some 41. I feel if we were putting together a list. Yeah. Like this. So Aaron went ahead and picked, in too deep. Why did you pick this one, Aaron? Yeah, well, this band for sure. One of the you know Canadian Canadian bands are, um, you know, on, on different episodes with me and David. This has come up. Um, I mean, on this episode where it was kind of weird, like which ones would blow up, like Silverstein, and then which ones, you know, like Billy Talent or Alexis on Fire, kind of seemed to really like be huge in Canada and maybe some select countries around the world. But I feel like some more 41 is kind of big everywhere. Um, yeah. You know, maybe besides simple plan who I kind of categorize more as like rock or mainstream pop rock. Um, some 41 is kind of stuck to their, you know, they've had some mainstream success and some popular stuff, but overall have stuck kind of close to those punk roots. And um, yeah, just one of those bands. Again, I think I, Saw, heard of them on MTV, or not on MTV, Much Music, 
kind of when they were on their first that half hour of power it was like okay like this is kind of like those early gob albums where it's just kind of like goofy pulling pranks and kind of yeah. uh you know a catchy punk song and then this album was just such a step up from it i believe this one was produced by jerry finn which is quite a step up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember buying this CD in Regina. I'd come here for a band trip. So we went to the mall and HMV and um, yeah, I absolutely love this album. I don't necessarily have a specific connection to this song, but I just like it again. It was on MTV. It was kind of one of their big hits. And so this whole album uh, I really love. So this is in too deep from some 41. My head. 
yeah that video was everywhere um oh, the yeah. thing like some 41 i just think like perfectly kind of captured that early 2000s pop punk scene like not just with obviously like their sound but even just like their videos with everything that was going on around that time they just immediately take me right back um to that time i also love in that song when he says how he says one more time or like i can't remember if it's a second vocalist that comes in and just like says one more time it's kind of like computerized almost. yeah one like, more yeah, time yeah. like it just like yeah, yeah. it's great it's just like a little hook thing that brings you back but you but, can't deny that Derek lived the punk rock lifestyle i mean that guy oh man went through the ringer like i mean you could argue that he did it as hard as you know yeah and and the fact that they are still going going. and the fact that tom from gob is the guitarist we're bringing it all together here (laughs) yeah yeah it's yeah full circle full circle yeah yeah totally um yeah i know they are like they're like they're undeniable especially i think that record the first couple records for sure are just like quintessential canadian pop punk like there's yeah it's funny when you when you think about it like back I don't know. In like the late nineties, there was definitely, you know, everybody was singing about sellouts, right. And whether mm-hmm. you like where you found that line, do you, you know, do you go mainstream? Do you not go mainstream? And yeah. so I think there was a lot of dislike for some 41 at that time because they were on much music. And I mean, mm-hmm. call it sellout, call it jealousy, whatever. But I mean, I think as you grow older, you start to appreciate everything for what it was. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's a good band. Yeah. Speaking of sellouts, let's talk about your band again. <laughs> yeah. Boom, <here> <laughs> All that selling out didn't work. Oh, we, yeah, yeah. Did not work for us. <laughs> that yeah, segue was right. perfect. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to, we're going to listen to another song off of the new album, a Canadian tragedy. And uh, this was, it was, it was one of the, like the pre-release singles, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. let's listen to the song and then we'll talk about it a little bit, but, uh, and some other stuff in regards to the album, but this is handheld you guys and, uh, leaving candy. Like,
few things with that song. One, it reminded me that John Candy was in Cool Runnings. Totally yes. forgot about that. <laughs> Not like he's just like a small bit role either. Like, no, <laughs> legitimately in the movie. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, so this song. I know when I first heard it, I think it was kind of like the first, was it the second single that you guys released? I think it was the fourth or third. third. Yeah. Cause yeah. You heard, yeah, it was the last single before the yeah. album dropped. So I think it, it was the one though, where I went, Oh, there's something really cool kind of happening with this record. And, you know, it got me excited about, cause I don't know if maybe just for myself, I like, I had learned then that there was this full length coming called the Canadian tragedy. And I was kind of starting to piece together what, you know you guys were kind of doing uh lyrically with the record anyway and so uh i, I kind of got excited about it so that was uh pretty awesome because yeah again how, I, I wanted to know like how did you kind of come up with the <laughs> stories that you decided to cover on this record um well we 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 just i mean it's funny we just chatted a lot i mean i so as a songwriter especially from a lyric perspective like i take a lot of pride in how i write lyrics and i one thing we did in this record which is very different than any other handheld record in the past is i i wrote most of these songs um in entirety and gave them to pat before we punk rockified them mm-hmm. and so like i don't play guitar well i can but i play very shitty but i can play a piano right so i wrote right. a lot of my songs a lot of melodies on piano full lyrics kind of full ideas but very simple right root notes here you go pat and then pat because he plays everything we and also does a lot of our demoing uh was able to kind of take it and then we call it punk rock machine and you just kind of start churning out these songs and so when we're talking about the idea of the concepts for this album we're saying like okay like you get sad and like you said earlier you can get sad songs you get happy songs but like we were just talking kind of about canadiana and we're like thinking about our age and like things that we like and we were like well who's a good like canadian guy and then we just both one day were like john candy would be hilarious um and so this song came together pretty fast i kind of had the idea this one came together the fastest if i think back like out of all the songs you like just i think this one in hitman was like overnight kind of thing Mm -hmm. i'm one of those guys that once i kind of get an idea i need an idea i can't start with an idea once i have it i kind of start rolling on it but then it's like almost like i can't stop like i have to do it you know what i mean and so we started talking so i started writing i just kind of like write notes down and started like, okay, doing some, okay, let's list all these John Candy movies. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah. It was also the kind of the tragic side of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the song really evolved very quickly into like, not only should we talk about John Candy and how he made us feel and all the parts that he did, but like, it also kind of was like, we should do a video for this. Right. Um, and that kind of led into the next part. And that's also why it kind of became a single, I think. Um, right. Yeah. I will say out of the three songs that we released kind of for a, a singles for this record, two of them are, are not kind of that faster style punk rock that we are known for. Mm-hmm. Cause that was, that's kind of what most of the record is, yeah. um, but it was just too good of an opportunity not to, to pass it up. And then uh, a friend of ours is, is like a, f- a film guy and was just, he's a John Candy fan too. So it just kind yeah. of like the world's all came together and, we're, and we told him about this concept and he was just like, I'm all in. Let's go. And so, so if you had to pick one John Candy movie that you know you could keep for the rest, like all the other John Candy movies, are gone, <laughs> what's the one John Candy movie? Spaceballs for me, hundred percent. Every time, it's, 
Yeah, it's. I would say that is unanimous for every band member in our nice. Yeah. nice. Is that that's fair. fair? That's fair. <laughs> Even though I mean that's not a lead role for John Candy. Sure. Right? Yeah. Well, Lane Strains is really up there. I think for me too. Yeah, for sure. It's funny though because when I think about John Candy, uh, the first movie besides Home Alone actually is kind of like, I guess the first one that really comes to mind. But is JFK. Uh, he plays like just oh, like the smallest yeah. role, right? Like in a three-hour movie, he's on screen for maybe a minute. <laughs> he was the lawyer, right? Is he a, lo- he a lawyer? Yeah, I feel. I, I remember the scene is in a restaurant, and he's kind of talking like uh, oh, smooth cats, you know, like that's cool, like that. Yeah, but I can't so, remember specifically what his character has been forever since I watched the movie. But I just remember going like, "Whoa, John Candy, that's awesome." It's kind of cool, actually. When we've been playing shows, and I mean more intimate settings when we don't have a lot of people we'll just kind of like throw it to the crowd like what's your favorite john candy movie and we had all kinds of different responses yeah, someone, no someone said, yelled out jfk and i was like what are you talking about <laughs> oh yeah. i was just gonna say i don't i've never heard jfk but maybe yeah yeah it's, it's probably it's talking a, it's a random spot aaron do you have a favorite yeah, yeah. john candy movie I other i mean home alone is probably the one i know the most from uncle, yeah. uncle buck uncle buck yeah, yeah. Uh, ralph's uh yeah. yeah like i i'm not enough of a movie buff to like know all of his films but yeah, yeah just actually, kind of those random cameos i was gonna say i sampled um i sampled a clip from a movie of his on an episode that i released this summer like i did a summer uh summer road trip sort of radio radio episode and i sampled um oh, summer rental Oh yeah, uh, you know where he's like everyone's passing by his house or whatever, and it's real loud, and he's like, "Why is everyone?" You know, and the guy burps at him. He's just, <laughs> "Well, I'm Joe Public. Nice to meet you." Because he points yeah. at the public beach access or whatever. But anyway, um, yeah. yeah. So, oh, and I did want to ask real quick too before we move on to the next song about this record. Um, how did the artwork come together for this? What was the idea behind that? Uh, so we had Pat. Why don't you go? We had a lot of different concepts for this one. So yeah, we okay. Yeah, why don't I tell you the storied history of the art because it is a story. <laughs> I uh, so the interesting part is that we have um, looking back, like we have a you know a storied discography, and it's very much like DIY. We're like I I I personally had done a lot of our album art, um, and then I don't know. We were feeling like oh, this is like this album is it came out a lot better than we were expecting, so we wanted to. Um, <laughs> We wanted to get something more professional. So, you know, I went out to some really legitimate sources, uh, such yeah. as Fiverr. I don't know if you guys, uh, do you guys ever use Fiverr? No, I've, I've never used it, but I do know what it is. Yes. Real legit. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah. So, so we started down that road and like, I got one art back. I, I paid some money and it was just horrible. And then I got another one and it was worse. And then. I got another one and it was pretty cool. And it actually was so cool. It ended up as like a t-shirt design, oh, nice. but we just couldn't get anything we liked. And then uh, actually it was our record label, um, Thousand Islands Records that mm-hmm. uh, introduced us to Seb and um, from Stereo Designs. And this guy's amazing. And he, he really treated the art almost like we did the album. Like he wanted to know every song and every lyric yeah. and he wanted to study the whole thing. And then, he pitched us all these concepts about 15 concepts and then we went through them mm-hmm. and uh, and that's kind of how we ended up here like he really dove in and then when he landed on kind of this you know we're telling all these stories and then he kind of came up with like this newspaper thing and then that's kind of where this all came from right on yeah no i like it so. it's great now um, i will say i gotta throw this out to craig our guitarist so uh pat and i when we were dealing with all this i mean one of the challenges of being in a band and i'm sure every band goes through this is the more people you ask the more 
responses you get. So it's like Pat and I looked at like 10 different artwork concepts and we kind of pitched like three to the guys because we were right. like, okay, we don't want to pitch 10 because we're going to get five different answers and you just yeah. can't do that. And one of the concepts was this giant, angry, like bloodthirsty beaver, like <laughs> crashing through a town like Godzilla. Yeah. No, it was and, eating the parliament buildings. Okay, sure. Whatever it was. <laughs> anyway, uh, Craig eventually saw this idea later. Just like, I can't believe you guys went with microfiche when we had this like crazy beaver. <laughs> right. <laughs> he was really mad at us. So anyway, uh, yeah, so fantastic. Hilarious dude. Yeah. Um, we were actually last weekend, this whole, we were supposed to head out to Quebec and play a few shows and he was going to come and I was really looking forward to meeting him because we've had a lot of just like communication. It's very interesting for us how things have changed so much with the yeah. internet, right? I mean, for everybody, I'm sure you yeah. guys are the same. Like back yeah. in the day, it's like, okay, you get a, a show flyer. You're like, I'm going to a show. I'm driving 45 minutes. Who knows what you're going to get? And yeah. nowadays it's like, you can find out everything at any time. So. Well, I mean, case in point, I was, uh, messaging with a friend today and he's like oh i want to go see uh so ignite and good riddance are playing sunday mm-hmm. night yeah. like uh in red deer and he's like i want to go to this show in red deer and like within you know five minutes i'm hearing about the show and then buying tickets right it's like all right cool we're yeah. in whereas, <laughs> whereas yeah like you know going back to say like that grade show i mentioned earlier where it's like you hear about it it's like i don't even know if you know, you show up and whether or not you can get tickets, you need tickets, or you had to go buy tickets somewhere, you know, like now yeah. you can just do it on your phone. You're like, all right, see you Sunday. So, yeah, sure. So speaking yeah. of Ignite, we're playing with them this Thursday. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah you go. Awesome. They're Pretty making their way that. out here. So, yeah. There you uh, go. Yeah. Um, let's get into uh, speaking of another band playing with Ignite. Actually, I don't know if they're playing the same day or not, but um, uh, Pat, I think you picked the next song, right? With Belvedere. I did. Yes, I did. Home Ice Advantage. Tell me why you tell us why you picked that one. Oh, it's just one of my favorite Belvedere songs. And uh, again, just one of my all time favorite Canadian bands. And again, this comes from, you know, a band that I've seen. I felt like a million times we played with them. I saw them like way back in 99 off the because no one stopped us tour. And then we played their CD release tour for um, for their next album, Angel. And yeah, and ever since then, just been huge, huge Belvedere fans. And then I really think, and this is no discredit to Casey and, and the new guys playing with Steve today, but I feel like this was, you can ask a lot of Belvedere fans, this was the quintessential lineup mm. of Steve and Jason, like J- Jason, obviously in Wiz Gigs, as you guys probably know from out there, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and, and Scott and Graham on the drums, who's obviously playing with, um, played with Hollywood Ending, and now he's playing with Choke. Like to me, this was like, they, they took this to another level. And then this song, I remember the first time I heard it, I was just like, this is insane. Like this is, <laughs> I never thought Belvedere could sound like this. And yeah, still to this day, it's one of their more technical songs. It's got all the breakdowns. Yeah. Love it. Great song. So Belvedere home ice advantage.
church and a side pales in comparison to your proposal. This is no It still blows my mind that so like because I remember seeing, you know, that band uh, growing up in the Calgary scene and they were a local band. Like, obviously, we knew, you know, they were touring and all this stuff. But the fact that they're like still going all these years later and, <laughs> you know, like oh, yeah. two, two, I guess. I mean, obviously, like you guys have been around a while, took some time, got back together. But it's just like in my brain i go yeah but those were the guys that like just from calgary they're from our scene and then you see you know photos of them touring all over the world it's like blows my mind a little bit you know um yeah. coming from our little scene is so it's so wild but uh so i have a question what was it like back in the day like with belvedere in the scene were they like were there like sold out shows like from their first album um, in calgary or I like mean, so like they would have been playing like a few years before i would have started really going to shows when did this record come out 2003, was, I think. 2003 okay so i was definitely going then uh, but i think by the time i started going to shows they were touring a lot more than playing local shows uh but like, yeah i remember seeing them they played um i think it was like a canada day thing or something like that at millennium skate park in calgary uh so it was like this nice. weird show because like uh, it was like a you know a free event or whatever all these people but all the shows at that time typically were happening at what we called the multi like the calgary multicultural center yeah um yeah. and so like yeah like when they would play like the big room there same with bands like 
Um, another one I remember going and seeing, and it was just pretty wild. It was like compromise uh, playing in in that room and whatever. And it was usually pretty oh, yeah. full, but it was a pretty big room. Like I don't know what the like the how many people it could hold, but like I don't know if I ever saw it to the point where it was like full, right? But mm. yeah, it was. That's what that's I guess what blows my mind a little bit though is just being like, yeah, I remember going to see those guys. You know, when I go to, you know, it'd be a Friday after school and I'd bum a ride off my friend, you know, into Calgary to go to a show or on a Saturday or whatever. Right. So, um, but I guess like that's every, every scene has those bands that have been around, but for, by the time I was coming into that scene, it was like, oh, chicks dig it was like that established band that was like, right. you know, this is, this is as, you know, I guess big or whatever, whatever words you want to use as any Calgary punk band could ever dream of being. And I don't know where, you know, on that sort of like scale or whatever, where Belvedere versus chicks dig it. I don't know who's, you know, more well-known. <laughs> yeah. Or not, very. Those are hard to compare. Yeah. But, um, man, well, times just, change so much. right? Sh- like, yeah. Yeah. One thing that I've really noticed with this kind of re- reemergence with handheld is that we touch way more people than we thought we did. Right. I mean, because like because well, he didn't know in Canada, but you know, people like once the internet came and our stuff got online, and I mean, kudos to Pat for like I don't know. We commonly talk about should we really have our record from like 1998 on Spotify? Like it's right. fucking terrible. But <laughs> that's like can't hide the past. We got to put it on there. So it's yeah. like, okay, fine, whatever. And it's really funny when you start talking to people from all different ages, you know, from all over the world. And they're like, Oh, I heard this record. So I got it from somebody or whatever. And mm. I really liked your band. So it's like, Oh wow. That's really crazy how it changes. Right. Like, yeah. 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 No, it's a, I, I can imagine it's a weird feeling to like come back. Cause I mean, Belvedere, like did, did they take a break at any point or have they just not been really solid? The thing is, is they stand off for a bit in there. And, yeah. 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 Um, but I was going to say like, so for you guys to come back after taking a break, like it probably emphasizes, you know, that sort of thing a little bit more where all of a sudden people are like, Oh, you know, like you said, someone gave me this CD years ago or whatever. And you find out like that, you know, you, as you mentioned, you know, kind of like you reached more people than, you know, maybe you originally thought. So that's, yeah, that's kind of cool. But what uh, I've noticed is really, it's like, guys like all of us, like it's, it's, I, you know, we met a guy in Toronto at our last show when we played out there who saw Maryland's vitamins, which is a band that was from Ontario back in the day. And, but it's mm-hmm. just like, he was the same age as us from the same general. I don't think he was from our area, but I forget the guy's name offhand, but it was just yeah. like, he talked about all these different shows. I'm like, Oh, I was at that one. Oh, I missed that one. And it's just like yeah. guys that are people that are in it. They just, that's what they did. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's really cool to share that still and see that yeah. people are still passionate about it. Well, let's go from talking about the past to talking about something a little more present. Cause uh, Andy, your next pick looks like, did it just come out last year? It or, did. Yeah. yeah. So dead cemetery uh, they've been around, I think since 2019. Um, what was their previous band that Davey was in? It was family, family meeting. Family yeah. meeting. Yeah. Family meeting. Family meeting. Yeah. And so uh, this band has changed a little bit. Um they, they're looking for a basis right now if anybody out there is interested but um so we ended up putting getting into this uh new tour with us and dead cemetery um i would say the guy from dead cemetery that we know the best is eddie um he's uh one of their guitarists does some backup singing but also does some solo stuff on the side but he, we've known him like 
he was a, a, a Kitchener Waterloo punk rock kid from when we were like, you know, playing way back in the day. And he's just kind of kept with it. And uh, so we were really stoked to have them come play. On we were his favorite band. high school band. Oh, yeah. amazing. <laughs> we, we've we've tracked the globe and we think there's maybe only two handheld tattoos and he has one of them. So yeah, yeah. That, that goes to show the allegiance. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That's awesome. And so <laughs> we got to really know these dudes well just on this little last stint we did. It was only like four shows, but uh, mm. it was still a lot of fun. But um, for me, I guess, I kind of like when the handheld kind of stopped playing in 2008, I kind of took a big step back yeah. from where things were. I love all my old bands, like my no effects and my noise for name and my yeah, yeah. Whatever, yeah. mad caddy, whatever it is. Right. Like I, and I still listen to that stuff. I think there's a big kind of dark hole for music for me, which has actually turned into like a really cool, positive thing. Cause now I'm kind of going back and revisiting and mm -hmm. finding all these bands that I've kind of missed over the last 10 years or whatever, but it was really yeah. cool to play with these guys. Um, I would say I, I would love them to put out more stuff. Um, I feel like they, they tend to just kind of do singles and EPs and things like that. Right. So it'd be cool to get like a big push from them, but this particular song, Come on, Davey. get her done. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> it's a classic like punk rock kind of vibe. It's about, you know, being addicted to whatever it is. Um, I really like the kind of ending outro piece in this song where he's really, I kind of picture himself singing into a mirror to himself right. talking about like, why is this still happening to me? Like, why can't I get over this thing that I'm dealing with? But um, great band. Good dudes. And uh, yeah, so this is David Confused, Dead Cemetery.
listening to that song, I just realized uh, that that song and then this next song that I'm going to play are going to fit so perfectly together. Uh, no way. Uh, both <clears throat> in um, like being bands with names that utilize puns and yep. also in lyrical content of the song. So uh, that's great. But let's talk cool. about debt. Yeah, let's talk about debt cemetery first a little bit because. I feel like they're a band whose name I've seen floating around recently that's kind of stuck with me, although this is the first time I think I've listened to them. Um, but uh, like just with, with a good pun, I think, of a name, Debt Cemetery. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's... Uh, I love, you know, you were, you were mentioning earlier about like, you know, kind of loving all that old stuff and then having this sort of like window or whatever of time period of time where you just kind of missed out on a lot of stuff yeah. and getting to rediscover it now i've mentioned mm-hmm. this on the show before but like that's totally what has happened for me because i kind of like stopped searching out new music for the longest time at one point um at least in the world of like punk and hardcore and stuff like that um and so it was just if i was listening to that it was to those old favorites you know that you had mentioned or whatever uh, and then starting this podcast, you you kind of start getting, you know, people reaching out and saying, Hey, I've got this band, check this out. And all of a sudden just like taking in all this new music and going like, yeah. man, I've been, you know, like missing out on some of this stuff for 10 years, like, which is, you know, wild. You're like this new band. Oh, wait, you know, that was their last album and it came out 10 years ago. Like <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> they're not that new anymore, but I, I well, kind of like even have bands in that window that came and went, you know, exactly. And, and, and yeah. you totally missed the boat. Right. hundred percent. And it's kind of like the, you know, say what you, you, you know, you want about like streaming services. It is for sure. Like I would say like the number one thing for me is just like with Apple music, with Spotify, with services like that is just being able to go and, take chances and listen to all sorts of different stuff right like the algorithms man we talk about yeah. it all the time like yeah like I, i've noticed that on my spotify account like i'm starting to hear bands that i've never heard of yeah and spotify just knows i'm gonna like them yeah <laughs> it's like oh this is cool like who's there's this? a chance here yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. no that's that's fantastic oh, it is interesting it's funny i you know in talking to the dead cemetery guys when we did that tour um their bassist was kind of a filling guy at the time, mm-hmm. but he was talking about having to learn the song. And he was like, Holy crap. This is a four minute punk rock song. You know? <laughs> and so I guess one thing I would throw out to Davey, who's the writes all these songs is like, you could probably cut two songs in that or one yeah. song <laughs> and have and get two. I'm like, yeah, yeah. there's your like efficiency, right? You know? <laughs> like, I don't know, Pat, have we ever done a four minute song? I don't know if we have. No, that's right. Not. Yeah. I was I was actually no. looking at our list of songs and I was like, oh, I think this is the longest one. I'd have to scroll up and just double. Yeah, check, I think but... prop. I think uh, speculative fiction's up there. But oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Actually, the last song oh, in our album it's which is written by our bass. <laughs> speculative fiction is identical. They're both four fifteen. Oh, um, there you go. Sorry, what was that you said, Pat? Oh, I was saying it, long songs. But we have a song. It's a closing track in our album. It's called "Coming Home," yeah. written by our bassist. It's the longest. It's four minutes and twenty seconds. Oh yeah. You- you capped all these ones so there you go um, <laughs> but i mean i did cut a monine song from the list that was longer than all of those so oh god yeah you know. those would be long <laughs> yeah. it is you know that's how it goes but I, I was mentioning a moment ago about um you know that debt cemetery dave did confuse which also as a fellow david i think that's a great title great song title. <laughs> yeah, um, sweet. <laughs> but uh that song flowing i think quite well into this one so this band nicholas rage is a band uh, they're from here in Edmonton. And I thought, you know, as I was kind of picking these songs and looking at the list, I was like, we obviously have a lot of older stuff. 
Uh, and so I was like, oh, I want to pick something that's newer because I do think there's a ton of great Canadian bands that are going right now um, that are, you know, on their first album, maybe first two albums, whatever, that have just been going for the last, you know, anywhere from five to 10 years or whatever. And um, so with Nicholas Rage, they just released their first EP, it just been singles before that. And it came out earlier this year uh, called Personal Party. And they are a band that quickly, from the first kind of from the first time I heard them, they've quickly grown on me to a band where I'm not just like, oh yeah, these guys are local to me, so that's cool. It's like, no, I legitimately really enjoy these guys, and I I'm lucky that they're a local band, you know, for me where I can go, oh yeah, they're just playing, you know, a regular Thursday night over here or whatever. I'm gonna go see them type thing. So um it's been great and kind of like a, a way for me to sort of get back into more of like the actual just like straight up local scene uh, as opposed to, you know, just like going and seeing all the touring bands, which obviously all the touring bands are great, but it's, it's nice to have something yeah. that, you know, gets super. Are they, are they a young band or are they? Um, yeah, they're, I mean, I don't, I don't know their ages obviously, but um, I did have Jeremy from Nicholas rage on the show a while ago. And I'd say he's, he's a, I want to say they're probably early thirties, maybe, maybe late twenties. Okay. I'm not I, I was so sure. curious, like whether they, we're in other bands and then they yeah. like, yeah, no, they're definitely like, or... like, I mean, they may, I mean, he may have played in some other bands or they may have played, you know, different members may have been in other bands, but nothing. I don't think that was like, I think this has been sort of the yeah. most serious band, but that they've cool. been in, but anyways. Yeah. So, uh, this song off the personal party EP, this is Nicholas rage and the song is called embrace. Get 
basement Tell me how I got it naked Is it a bad way to phrase it? When I'm sober I'm getting wasted Man, the number of times I've listened to that song, I just now realized and noticed the dutes that are going on in the background. Doot, doot, doot. <laughs> I was doing so many. That's times. a sweet song. Yeah, they are. Uh, they're they're a great band, man. Like, uh, not much else for me to say at this point, <laughs> except that they're fantastic. And every time yeah, I've seen, of, them, yeah, I, I really enjoyed. It. I was reading along the lyrics. I yeah. I didn't listen to it earlier when you mentioned it but i hadn't got a chance to kind of read through it yeah but it kind of bugs me that i feel like i missed the boat i don't know because i'm just like an old dude now and i don't do shit that <laughs> i feel like is worth writing about that's where <laughs> this kind of whole concept came from yeah. like i don't want to write about like i go to work or come home yeah go to work or come home it kind of reminds me of like seinfeld i don't know if you guys are seinfeld yeah yeah, like, yeah yeah like here's my boring life that's a show yeah so, yeah can i make that into a punk rock song i don't know you could try. I yeah, mean, I, I feel like, not that they're punk rock songs necessarily, but I feel like John K. Sampson is a great example of just, oh, writing, yeah. just writing about whatever, you For know, sure. like <laughs> actually, yeah, of- uh, he came up quite a bit when Pat and I were talking about yeah. ideas for songs, because I think um, the, the title, well, the first song off our record is called WWI and it's about yeah. um, Tim Hortons. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's about the hockey player and how he died and he was, you know, an amazing hockey player and all this stuff, but he also was an alcoholic and had some perpetuate yeah. issues and all this kind of stuff. But originally when I wrote it, I kind of wrote it in the third person right. talking about him. Yeah. And I kind of said like, Pat, like, I kind of want to write this about me. Like right. talk about me as yeah. him. Right? And he's like, Oh, you know, who my favorite It's like John K. Sampson does that all the time. Yeah. It's like, you, you kind of can change yeah. the way you yeah. tell stories, right. Just by changing it from the third person, to first person. So yeah. Yeah, he famously has a song where he sings first person as a cat. As a cat, yep. Well, there you go, right? Yeah, Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Um, that's one of those examples where I want to say a band, like a member splitting from a band, worked out best for both the band and the member who left. Both sides, totally. I agree, (laughs) hundred percent, hundred percent. His, I mean, propaganda got in. I don't know about infinitely better, but so much better. Uh, mm. Post John K. Sampson, and then what he obviously went on to do with the Weaker Thans and oh, the solo stuff is just like it's it I, is incredible. Um, I was a little bit like I'm one of those. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say I'm one of those rare individuals. Who, like I like their lineup with John, yeah, and I liked it without them, and I yeah. like the Weaker Thans, and I like John K. Like I can just absorb it all, and I love it all. Sure, I don't 100%. hate the old stuff. I don't yeah hate one thing or the other. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love no, those I think I think that's a fair argument. Um, it is funny listening to those first couple records when the John K songs come on, they just feel so different. Um, and yeah. you're like, oh wait, this is the guy who went on to you know start the weaker thans and whatever. But I was gonna say I was kind of kicking myself a little bit when I I mean I changed my songs up to almost the last minute anyway, but um I was kicking myself a little bit for not picking a weaker than song, but I was like, whatever. I've talked, yeah, I've that was on my list. Yeah, actually, I've talked yeah, about I've John K a lot. 
putting one on there too. Yeah. 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 So there you go. I said earlier, we weren't going to be able to mention them all. Um, Oh, real quick. I realized I failed to ask you to talk about uh, the leaving Candyland video. Oh, right. <laughs> Where do you want to start? Where well, do you oh, man. We don't have to spend too much time because we've been going for a while and I know Aaron's getting tired. It's way past his bedtime, but um, <laughs> I was going to say like, where i guess where did the concept come from were you just sitting around and went it'd be great if we made a music video where we all kind of portrayed our favorite you know characters or or how did it sort of come together yeah it it started there but it started in like the very much the diy realm we're yeah. like okay can we do this we were like well, this would be so cool like take all these hilarious movie scenes and yeah make a video with it once we pitched it to um our buddy eric who put the whole thing together and he was a big john candy fan he's a pro right like he's got a company and he does all this like amazing um video stuff all over the place he does you know of course he does corporate stuff but he also does um very much like scene stuff like he talks about indigenous people in canada he's got lots of films about that he talks about homeless people problems with the government all kinds of things totally punk rock dude awesome guy um but he was a huge john candy fan he was just like okay guys i'm not gonna like bullshit you we're going to do this. This is how we're going to do it. And he's like, <laughs> we're going to need wardrobe. We're going to need makeup. We're going to need some sets. We're going to have to figure some stuff out. And he's like, do you guys want to take it that far? <laughs> and so Pat and I were like, like, I mean, it sounds funny, but we were like, YOLO, man, like, let's just, let's just go. Like, let's yeah. just see what we can do with this thing. And it kind of snowballed like crazy to the point where we kind of got ourselves too far into it. We were like, well, we can't <laughs> back out now. Yeah. yeah. And so it just kind of came to be. Yeah. Um, and so we, we kind of had a bunch of ideas originally, like we talked about having this video where every guy in the band was going to be a John Candy character. And then Eric kind of changed our mind and was like, no, it was like, you're the singer. It's your song. You should be John Candy. But we'll put like all these other guys in the band. We had a fat suit originally. That was part of the concept. And then um, we talked about like, I mean, you have to do that these days. Like, should we do that? Right. You know, yeah, yeah. Are people yeah. gonna like poo poo that? You can't do fat suits anymore. In case you didn't know. Yeah, I can't. can't. <laughs> so we talked to our label, and we were like, "Are you guys supportive of this, or what do you think?" And they're like, "You know what?" And they kind of had hit really hit the nail on the head. They're like, "It's not about the fat guy; it's about the actor." Yeah. And so whether he was fat or not, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so that's kind of where it all stemmed from. But really, Eric took it to the next level, and he turned us all into like storyboard pros. Pat and I spent days at Valley Village trying to like match up wardrobes and all this time on Amazon buying just random stuff, like <laughs> try to put it all together. Yeah. And we couldn't be more happy with how it came out. Like, it's amazing. It's one of the things I would say with Annadel is definitely what we've done in the last couple of years is what we've what we always wanted to do in like the early 2000s, like mm -hmm. have a, an awesome sounding record. Like we never. Yeah. We kind of got there on a couple EPs and stuff like that, but we never really got to that next level. And we did that with this record. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of took the same approach to the video. Right. Do you think some of that actually came to be because, you know, like a great sounding record, not to take away from your record at all, but it's like, it's almost easier to achieve now, right? Like with technology and stuff, like it's less expensive. I Oh, and gathering totally. for you to do that. So that's that's awesome because there's a ton of great sounding music that's coming out now. And then you're like, oh, that's just some guy in his bedroom. Like yeah. that's pretty wild, right? So yeah, you're looking at the studio right now. Yeah, yeah well, that's yeah, what I was gonna sitting. say. Like <laughs> to do it, a band to do it themselves these days is like, you know, easier than ever before, really. But uh, 
So we're going to, we're going to wrap it up with one last song, but I did want to say before we do wrap it up, uh, the playlists are linked in the show notes. So if you're on Spotify or Apple music, you can find them there. Of course, go follow us on social media at growing punk pod. What is uh, you guys want to shout out your Instagram or your Twitter, wherever, wherever you guys are. At handheld punk. There you go. That's our main, our main platforms, Instagram. We neglect the rest of them. We got a (laughs) couple TikTokers out there and we don't, you know, (laughs) Yeah, we yeah. only pay attention to the IG at the moment. So there you go. Come yeah, that's up fair. there. All right. So with that, Aaron, take us into your final pick. I made you stay the whole time, knowing that you're just <laughs> going to get more and more tired. I'm like, I'm going to make his song last, so he can't leave. So yeah, uh, no, yeah. take good. us, take us home. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, I know all of us could have added a lot more bands to this. Um, for me, Far From Heroes has a special place because they were one of the bands, as well as Belvedere, that came and played uh, the small town in Manitoba that I grew up in. And so I kind of got to see, you know, Belvedere and Far From Heroes kind of, you know, before they were really touring full-time. And, and uh, nice. yeah, Far From Heroes, they just, they always seemed like such a good band. You know, they kind of started just kind of more straight-up pop-punk, and then this album came out and it was quite a shift. Um, I feel like it's hard to do kind of a darker pop punk album or more darker undertones, you know, thematically. And uh, but this album just for me, like this is probably in my top 15, top 20 albums of, of all time. Like I just I constantly go back to it. I love it so much. It's darker, but it's still super catchy. Uh, they also released a new EP this year, kind of back to yes. their pop punk roots, which I absolutely love. Um, but yeah, this this album for me just holds a special place for me. Um, the album is uh, Betrayed You With a Kiss from Far From Heroes, and this is the song The Tallest Tale. Tallest Tale 